health, and mindset. Welcome to the Ascend Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Chris Hopper. And I'm Dan Harrison. Together, we are all wisdom novices. Hey, what is up everyone and happy new year everyone as well. And this week on the Ascend podcast, me and Chris sit down with Lakota John. And for anyone who doesn't know who Lakota is, Lakota is a Native American whose heritage comes from Oklahoma and the Great Plains of North America. And many generations ago, his people lived in harmony with all things. And this podcast is a podcast that me and Chris have wanted to do for ages now and have a conversation and get the perspective from someone who has a Native American heritage and who was taught and really understands the true wisdom and philosophies of the Native Americans. And as we know, the Native Americans were a civilization that was really fascinating and a civilization that was fully in tune with the natural surroundings and understood the finest spiritual connections of life. Then, as you know, as the Western system and culture moved into the plains of North America, it indoctrinated its way of living, its way of thinking, materialism, food, alcohol is sort of a tool to weaken the consciousness of the indigenous cultures and the Native Americans, and that's what I feel anyway. In a sense, that is the same method that is going on now in society, and a method that is used to sort of dumb down people in society and distract us from the real questions and the bigger questions. And this is why I feel a conversation like this is really important, because I think it's going to give you a lot of new perspective of what has been and what is still happening on the planet today, and hopefully it'll inspire you to take back your own consciousness and some of the things that we talked about in this podcast just to rattle a few off we talked about western materialism we talked about grounding earth energies the masculine and feminine energy we talked about emotions education growing our own foods the power of words the power of thoughts and so much more and also as well i just want to put some more focus on our patreon page where you can help us out by supporting the podcast and if any of these conversations do add value in your life it would be amazing if you could just consider helping us out helping the podcast out and help us take it to the next level and we really want to keep bringing you the best we can and with your help through our patreon page we'll be able to do more in-person conversations and we would love to even add a video aspect to these conversations too And just in general, give us some more financial backing to really ramp up this mission and spread this to a bigger audience. And the power really isn't in your hands. We live in a time now where you have the ability and the power to support and put your attention into into things that you want to see more of. And as you know, we've never bombarded you with shitty products or advertisements like everyone else is doing. We see enough of them shitty advertisements in our day-to-day life. And this is not the place to come for that. This is a place to come that is free of all that. And also, in return, when you do support the podcast, there is also a private Patreon page and a community where you will gain access to lots more bonus conversations and rants and other podcasts. And no matter what amount you choose to support the podcast, you will gain access to all of them bonus conversations. And the bonus conversations on that podcast now are really starting to ramp up and there's some really incredible rants on that page. And we've also just added a new reward to the Patreon page as well to give you the ability to ask questions to be answered on the podcast. And what we're going to start doing is is we're going to start answering Patreon members' questions 
on Up and Coming Observing Our Thoughts episode. So if this does tickle your fancy, you want some of your questions answered, and you want to just or you just want to support the podcast, please go to www.patreon/send and support the podcast. So anyway, I just also just want to let you know that this year. We have some plans to do loads more in-person podcasts as, we, as as you know we really want to take it to the next level and in two weeks time just to give you guys a heads up me and chris are heading down to london to record several in-person podcasts and we've got some epic guests lined up and we cannot wait to share them with you so anyway if you can support the podcast that would be cool if not that's absolutely fine we understand and we just appreciate the fact that you're listening to this thing so anyway let's dive into this week's conversation enjoy with lakota john and go by um go by pure spirit you know whatever whatever spirit gives to us to to share with the people then that's what it is yeah, cool. I, lo- I love that when you said there. Good attitude, I, have that, I love yeah. that when you said there, uh, free spirit. I love that. It's beautiful. Um, um, I, I yeah, I, I move. That, that's kind of like the areas that I work in. Um, you know, just really, really, really going by heart space. You know, spirit speaks to spirit, mind speaks to mind, and um, we'll talk a little bit about that as we as we move through this podcast. Um, so, I'm I'm ready. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so are we. So anyway, uh, Lakota, when, when we do sort of think about uh, indigenous cultures um, around the world, including the Native Americans, uh, there's a, you get, we all sort of get a certain sense that it, um, when you sort of look back to them times, that they were sort, sort of in tune with those sort of deeper levels and sort of possessed this whole sort of great, great sort of wisdom, I would say. But what do you actually think it was about them that sort of enabled them to be that way? Yeah, well, what's gone on is the systems that have been plugged into the people have them thinking and, and doing thing with doing things with reverse logic. Um, and we'll share a little bit on that because most people give allegiance to the mind rather than the heart. And if you do things with the mind governing the heart, then you'll pretty much follow the system. Um, if you go into your heart and you let your spirit dictate, then the spirit will actually control the mind and the thoughts, you know, and, and that's that's moving in right order and right spinning on the medicine wheel because there's there's clockwise and counterclockwise. There's spinning clockwise is right thinking uh, counterclockwise is in reverse order. That's where dyslexia comes from and attention deficit by the betrayal of oneself. Well, betraying your innocence, betraying your inner self. Just, just, to, just to literally on that though, do you think? I mean, that's what you was all them points there you were saying. I mean, do you think that's where the Native Americans? I mean, were they were they sort of? like them sort of psychological triggers what you were seeing there i mean were the native americans sort of understanding that that was the path not to go would you say yeah well the thing about our people is we don't um we just don't let 
things uh, govern us unless we become alcoholics or whatever, you know, and that's happened to our people as well. Uh, vices and, and different things that have taken us off track. Um, gambling, for instance, people think, well, that's not bad. Well, it is bad when you lose your family and your home and your car and, and your dignity and everything else that goes along with it. You know, um, it doesn't start off bad. It might start off as recreation. Um, but what happens once you get to a place where it's in your every thought and, you know, you're selling your soul to and telling a lie to get money to go out and put into a machine because you're looking for this immediate gratification. And that goes with a lot of things. Yeah. So Lakota, went, would you say that when the Native Americans did sort of develop this this whole general ethos of, like you said, they weren't sort of, they understood that this was the wrong path to go and things like that. Would, how, do you, how would you say that they actually developed that understanding? Would you say that understanding had been developed through sort of certain practices that the Native Americans were doing? Or was it to do with just something that was actually just inherently passed down through their sort of life, lifetime, through the elders and things like yeah, that? Yeah, I think it's both, you know, because... We all have a. I mean, are we going on the podcast now, or have we, have we started? Or? Yeah, we started, brother. Yeah, your oh, answers have been all great. Right, all right, all right. I got you. Yeah. Um, what 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 I what I see happening is there's there's memory, okay, cell memory. Some call it muscle memory. Um, it's a genetic um, memory that we carry from our, what we say, our Teoshpae, our Oyate, our, our ancestors that, um, that live inside of us. Mm-hmm. So it isn't, it isn't hard to go in and tap into that cell memory. Uh, I believe, honestly, is when, when we begin to align ourselves, when we, when we begin to walk upright and we overcome our greatest enemy, which is ourselves and, and issues that we got with control or whatever, whatever's going on in our lives to keep us from getting to a, a higher place of ascension. When we, when we go to the hilltop and fasting and praying and we align ourselves, then what happens is our ancestors come closer to us and actually hit the reset button and that and that knowledge and that ancient wisdom starts coming back. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's, um, it's amazing how actually when you look a bit more internally instead of the externally, you, um, you find a lot more inner peace. I mean, I, I'm guessing like when you said you, you're going on like a uh, pre and stuff like that and you start to tap into that old ancestral route, you start to become a lot more like connected and grounded towards like ancient civilizations. Uh, sorry, ancient culture. Right, right. Because remember, there, there's two intelligence that we're dealing with. One, one is the inner, and the other is the outer. Okay, there's the spirit and soul, which is the first estate, which is our first. Um, a state that comes with light and intelligence, the spirit world, um, the um, unembodied world. Then you get the second estate, which is your biological makeup. Okay, so 
in that biological makeup, you have mom and dad and their genetics coming together to create your biological makeup. And with that biological makeup comes programs that education will dump on you and, and, and other people's theories and, and shame sometimes. I mean, there's all these different programs that come in that actually distort and take you away from that first estate, which is your original blueprint. Your original blueprint is the spirit of who you are, the core and the depths of, of who you are as a human being. Now, the soul part is a gift because we had to come to earth to take the breath of life and become the living soul. So that connects us with the plant life, carbon dioxide and the exchange of carbon dioxide to oxygen. We had to make that exchange to fuse everything into this perfect order that we are in right now, meaning the mental, the physical, the, the emotional, and the spiritual. The soul, the spirit, the body, and mind had to be fused together. It had We had to come to earth and touch earth and go through the birth channel and go from the water world to to this this visual second estate and bam that's when our clock starts ticking uh you know our biological clock yeah so when you when you were saying before so, uh-huh yeah sorry i love that point by the way and before when you were saying about how you were talking about that balance of the harmony and i really do understand that because i think in society now even noticing like me and chris as well we've sort of we're in a period in our life where we're starting to strip away a lot of stuff but we've noticed a lot of our years how that the balance of materialism and the balance of society how all these like because constantly in, in in society now in, in in life in general we're just constantly being bombarded with lots of data on many different levels like sort of all these different flashy things being in front of our faces all the time and and like you said i think when you become too uh, detached from that the harmony the harmony from what you really are can become sort of lost within that i mean do you think that's what sort of happened to the native americans i mean do you think it would i mean what do you actually think it was about sort of western culture that ruined them and sort of sort right, of started right. changing that balance well well look at look at look at the dole system and welfare okay look at look at um uh, uh, an organization i don't want to say any you know anything inappropriate here, an organization that takes indigenous people and puts them on private land mm -hmm. and then says, here's some money. This is where you need to stay. You don't even have to work. Just, just stay here yeah. and, and, and exist where our people, number one, the Buffalo society. They, they, now I'm, I'm going to paint this picture for you. Now you're going into fall and we have to prepare for the winter. So there's no buffalo. We can't see buffalo for miles in the plains. You know, it's just it's just like looking into the ocean. And all we had was a song and a prayer and a dance to invoke the spirit world to push the buffalo close to us. Okay. Mm. So we would bring in the buffalo society. They start the ceremony, and they would invoke the spirit world through. The prayer through the pipe, the chanupa, they'd send the prayers out 
And then, and then the Buffalo Scouts would go out into four directions, and lo and behold, the Buffalo would be sitting one or two uh, ridges away. Uh, so it was the faith that our people had, the action, you know, um, dancing and praying and fasting to invoke the unseen world to ask for assistance to push the buffalo to us so that we can have clothing, food, and everything to get us through the through that winter into spring. Now, today, most people would rather sit home and not pray and just wait for the first to roll around and a check to come to the mailbox. So yeah. there's really there's really not much work in that. You see, and so that system has corrupted not just the Native American people. I'm talking about the something for nothing system yeah. has crippled nations. And that's where America's going at this given time. Wow. You know, they're he they're headed for a train wreck. Yeah, I think if we're on course for that um that we're all on a train wreck in a sense, aren't we? If we're <laughs> you bet you bet we are. <laughs> I'll guarantee you within within five years, five to ten years we're gonna see things that are gonna rock this world. Yeah, like the Ascent podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and you know the thing, and, and and you know what, and the thing about it is, is that's where we say, uh, is is it a good day to die? You know, because to us, every day is a good day to die because we we don't worry about death because to die is to live and to live is to die. We do we see things completely contrary. Yeah. You see, it, it, society puts too much on this life. And the glitter, but the reality is, is, is they, the people have lost the instructions on how to live on this earth, especially when it comes down to degrading the female. You know, to me, when you look at earth, earth is our mother. And when we, when we disrespect the earth and disrespect the life givers, then, you know, how can we ever, ever really get to the place in life and and accept that there are heavenly parents out there. There's a, a heavenly father and a heavenly mother that created the spirits and the essence of who we truly are. But the reality is, is if we can't recognize the the beautiful love and the virtue that comes from the female, we'll never we'll never recognize the female in the unseen world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love, that'll I, never happen. Yeah, I love that by the way as well. And um, before as well, I want to slightly touch on this when you were said about you said about how the Native Americans didn't fear have that fear of death. And I think as well, if we look a lot in society now, that sort of that understanding isn't in society. A lot of people sort of pre uh, perceive death as a bad thing. I mean, do, how did you how do you think that the Native Americans sort of how did they see death? I mean, did they did they believe that some that did they believe in reincarnation or? How well, they, the thing about yeah. it is, the thing about it is, is if you can leave this earth in a celestial level, then you'll just transition into a celestial world. Because, because there's worlds without numbers out there. And, and, and there are many mansions in the Christian world they talk about in this kingdom of heaven. But the reality is, is if you can create your heaven on earth, then you have nothing to fear. It, it's when you create your hell on earth, you have something to fear because what binds you on earth as far as addiction binds you in the spirit world. 
because you leave this earth with, with, with binding entities. And when you go to the other side, you don't have a body to overcome whatever shortcoming you have. And that's part of your hell. Yeah. Well, does, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Um, that's really- <laughs> this, this is going pretty deep, man. Uh, we, we, we like going deep, brother. We go deep. <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> we are the diggers so, I mean, of this podcast world. Uh, yeah, I mean, most people don't really recognize that because it's like, you know what? What binds you on earth binds you in the spirit world. So when you die, like when I work with youth and mental health and suicide and stuff, I'm like, you know what? If you think that checking out and dying is going gonna, is gonna to bring freedom to your world, you have another thing coming because when you get to the other side and you start really looking at your unfinished business, guess what? You're going to try to finish that work without a body and it's going to be extremely, extremely difficult. Yeah, I think a lot of people are often um, mistreated of thoughts that that there's something else beyond right now with the physical body. I mean, yeah, the external world can really take you down some like some levels of the game which you don't want to go you could really be pushed to the limit and this is actually something that i've been thinking about as because the native american culture itself to me is so powerful it's because these were so grounded you have such a like understanding of spirit mother earth you completely connected to like knowledge of like nature and it's so powerful it's all, really is powerful. And I've always been looking for like this idea of perfect. You know, when you're on about the idea of the perfect world. Um, and I always thought like Native American culture itself was very perfect in its aspect of putting Mother Nature first, Mother Earth, I mean. And that's well, why, that's why I was, um, so I'll just finish. And um, that's why I was, I was so like fascinated by the, um, the downfall really. Because like, how can like a civilization with so much understanding of like spirit, knowledge, culture, and love of for the earth, be caught up in so much external. Well, you go back to the program. You, you know, you go back to uh, our way of life, uh, the loss of a language, the vowels, uh, the the uh, the vowels of a e i o u to a e i o u. The change of a language changed the frequency and meaning of the word, say, water. To mine uh, wachone, water that's sacred, that gives life to the soul and body and essence of who you are. Um, but the word water doesn't hold the value and frequency of the indigenous language that was given to us through the tongue of angels, you see, and when when the invaders came and distorted that and brought this new way of worship that took us completely off, you know, off track of, you know, really, really our, our, our matriotic systems, um, we, we had a prayer for everything that we did. A prayer when you went out and took a drink of water. A, a prayer when you went out on the hunt. A pra- everything was done in prayer, 24-7. So we were, we were just completely connected to the unseen world 24-7. But when they brought in the, the new program, uh, you know, breaking the people, starving them out, 
um, changing their diets, um, you know, removing them from, from that place of, of being proactive and, oh, this is a new education system and come and learn this, this left brain academic system when we were a complete oral traditional people. Uh, this is a new government when we had our governments established. We had all that and we, we lived pretty much in harmony except for the tribes that didn't work or the, the tribes that didn't harvest and they wanted to go raid camps and stuff. Um, and there was tribes that did that as well. So there was a, a thing of, you know, protecting your people, your, your, your clan, um, your hunting grounds. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't an honor to kill. Um, that came with, with the European, uh, along with, with everything else, you know, the diseases and, you know, and then our people, you know, when they see, you know, um, you know, our, our native people dying from smallpox, different things. And, and, and the white people were not dying. They were like, well, Hey man, maybe, maybe the connection to their God is a lot stronger than our God. Whoa. They didn't realize, they didn't understand that why, why they, weren't susceptible to, to, to what was going on in our world and our bodies couldn't fight off the disease, you see? So that kind of threw us off for a spin as well. So we took on their worship and their God. Are you there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. We're just, we're just sitting back listening. Honestly, it's some great, great yeah. points. Yeah, yeah. We're just in order to listen. Yeah, we, we took on, we took on their belief system and, um, and later on found ourselves, you know, with the boarding school systems and the cutting of the hair and the changing the language and beating the indigenous for speaking their native tongue. And it was just a, 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 a plan by design to subdue the people, uh, take the land, the minerals, the uranium, the gold. It was all... It was all orchestrated by the money changers. We didn't even have this thing, uh, this love for money that that came with the with what we call the the first world war when the invaders came. Yeah. You know, um, if they would have learned to live like how we lived, then we'd still be able to drink out of our streams and 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 the waters wouldn't be as contaminated as they are now. You know, when they took us out of the roundhouse and put us in square government housing, we became sick. Why? Because the energy didn't flow in that circular motion. The creator makes everything round. The birth canal is round. The eyeball is round. The earth is round. The tree is round. We take a round tree and we cut it and mill it and make it square. And then we create our institutions and then we lock people up in them. You know, uh, to me, it, 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 it makes a lot of sense. Um, and we, we have to go back to that sacred feminine. We have to go back to that, the, the matriotic order. We have to look at that balance because all religions put the female behind the male. Mm. It's all about the patriarch and, and, you know, women just walk behind the man and, and, to us, the women were the ones that kept the record. The women's were, women were the ones that held the lodge, that, that took care of the teepee, that 
uh, erected the teepee, and you know, men were just there to to protect and and hunt and do the things that men do. But today, the role completely went in reverse order. Women are, are becoming more 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 masculine, and men are becoming more feminine. Mm. It's all in reverse order. It's reverse order all the way around, and 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 it's going to keep on going that way until a wake-up call comes about. Yeah, I love but that. But you know... Yeah, sorry, go yeah, ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Honestly, go ahead. See, see I mean, I teach people uh, through, you know, the four winds and, and what I do in New Zealand and Australia uh, in and out of, of this educational system. Um, I work with a lot of therapists and, and teaching them how to do evaluations through spirit rather than through through the mind. Um, you know, uh, a lot of people use Freud's work or Jung's work or, you know, and they want to sit back and, and go back to the book rather than going to the heart. You know, they'll rather look at Google than going and looking up at, at God, you know, the creator, Wakantanka, you know, uh, so they're, 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 they're taking that energy of, of, um, examination and just plugging it in to a, a, a laptop and getting somebody else's theory rather than being original, mm. you know, and, and really tapping into spirit and saying, well, what does this person really, really need, you know, and, and getting the answer when spirit speaks to spirit. Yeah. By the way, Lakota, great points there. So many amazing points that I want to try and touch on. And one of the points I want to touch on as well is when you were speaking about the, the circular, circular housing, the way the houses are built and things like that, because that's something that I've been thinking about a lot lately. Because I mean, even to go a bit deeper to the aspect of the grounding aspect, I know a lot of Native Americans, they used to sort of, they didn't have like multiple levels to their, even to their house. And they just sort of like sort of lived on the ground. Like if you know what I mean, like at night they slept on the oh, ground yeah. and things like that. And that's something I've thought about a lot lately because we in sort of western sort of culture if you look now around the world a lot of sort of there's a lot of big skyscrapers and things like that and, and people are moving further and further away from the earth itself and i think that that's a big that's a one point i want to touch on anyway and say your thoughts on that as well well that's that's because of see see the umbilical cord isn't isn't sacred to people anymore and the umbilical cord is what keeps you connected to earth mother it's no different from a melon. You take a melon and you cut the vine and you put the melon on a shelf. Within time, it'll decay because the umbilical cord has been severed, you see. And so with human beings, when we, in our culture, uh, a mother would save the umbilical cord and actually do a, a ceremony, dry it, and it would go into a baby's rattle. And the mother would take that rattle and sing to the baby, okay, a certain song, sacred songs. But it was the frequency within that rattle that can call that child back, even as an adult. If the adult would leave the tribe and get lost, that mother could literally call the baby, the, the, the adult back by using that rattle and the frequency of that rattle. You see, yeah. because the umbilical cord is sacred, and that's what connects us to Earth Mother, and our biological mother, and our heavenly mother, and so that 
ties us back to the female because most most men don't realize that there's a female side to them as well as a male side. And neither do females really recognize that. But if you can balance the female and male, which is the 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 virtue and the principle that we are. Principle we get from our father, virtue we get from our mother. And if our parents didn't have virtue and principle, then you know what? We'll have to go back another generation or until five or ten, whatever generations, to find that virtue and principle. See? And when you when you balance the male and female in you, then then it goes beyond appetite. It goes beyond this sexual stimulation. Because you know that you know that you're pure love. And you don't need to be stimulated because you're learning balance that comes from male and female. A man doesn't like to cry. Well, I cry all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not uh, tears of, of sorrow, it's tears of joy because I know how to tap into the female side of me and and show respect to females or males and you know and and that's a beautiful quality to 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 pick up and learn um through the rites of passage and stuff that we teach uh when it comes to taking men men and women to those places now back to sitting on the earth when we go into the inipi into the sweat lodge see years ago it was men's that was a men's Men's business, basically. That's where the men would go to sit on the earth to connect with the female. The tailbone, which is the root, connects to the earth, and they actually can feel the virtue of their mother. When the chair came in with the European, it took the root off the ground, and people began to sit at higher levels, not of understanding, but of pride and ego. Because sitting on the earth takes you to humility. And when we crawl into the sweat lodge, we literally crawl into the lodge and we sit there. Well, the, the crawling will take us back to uh, our infant stage in submission. The, the opening is about um, unloading your world on the altar and going into the lodge, which is back into the womb of our mother, to experience the heartbeat and rhythm, the water world, um, the the frequency of life, um, the rocks that come in will teach you, the water will teach you, the song will teach you, that womb-like world will teach you. Um, and that's why that ceremony is so sacred to our people that it can't be bastardized in any way shape or form because people go out there and they experience the sweat lodge and then they're masters of it and then they end up killing somebody in one you know uh i mean there's a lot of things that we have to look at i I think that education educating people on spirituality is is really really crucial at this day and age because i see people playing they're, they're being seduced by spirits out there literally seduced yeah. Let me, um, 
Lakota, yeah. yeah, just to jump in, yeah, some honestly, some brilliant points again. And I, hopefully I don't go off trail here because I want to try and touch on some of the things. But first of all, I wanted to say that what a beautiful analogy when you were talking about the melon. I thought that was a beautiful analogy. And as well, something I want to touch on is when you were talking about um, crying in society and um, crying in general, especially across sort of meals and things like that, because... I actually feel when you were when you were talking about that, I actually sort of had a vision in my head of all through my life how much I've sort of been shaped in a way to sort of hide that emotion. And it's only it's probably only been the last five years where I've actually started to get to know myself and started doing more sort of quote unquote sort of maybe spiritual practices and started tapping into who I truly am that I can actually feel like my emotions are really coming back through to us. And I mean I had an example of, of the other day where I was even just I was just driving back from work and I was heading through like sort of a busy town centre and I just, I literally just started crying. Like I started looking at, um, other, I had a vision in my head of looking at other people's, people's and realising that everyone's in their own sort of journey and it just brung an emotion out of us and started crying. But, but basically the more that I'm sort of tapping into who I am as a person, the more that emotion is coming through. And uh, secondly, secondly as well, what I want to see as well is that when you were talking about before how um, Western culture, to me anyway, seemed to, when you were talking about how the Native Americans were sort of being indoctrinated by Western culture, it seems to me that it sort of, it completely just crashed through their sort of, their consciousness, sort of like a virus to me. And it seems to be that the way that, well, like you were saying before about materialism and food and alcohol, it was, it seemed to me that Western culture may have been using that as a tool to sort of weaken the indigenous oh, culture's yeah. sort of consciousness and sort of take that, right. that deeper sense away. I mean, and even if we look in society now to a certain degree, that's what's going on. That I feel that's what's going on to me. I mean, the society itself, the way it's set up in around people around us, it's actually tr- using their methods of of materialism, of food, of alcohol as a way to sort of distract people and distract distract people from them real questions and get to really sort of know themselves in them deeper levels. And um, something I want to ask you as well. I mean, what and what's interesting to me, and I would love to see your thoughts on is. I mean, you, you touched on education before, but when we look at education history now, I mean, it sort of tells us bad things and sort of it paints this bad perception of the Native Americans and other indigenous cultures, seeing that they were sort of just mindless savages and stuff like that. I mean, which we know is completely bullshit. And obviously, I know that you do as well. And that's and that sort of is just sort of propaganda. It's sort of just propaganda and things like that coming from an agenda. But it's what's interesting to me is that if we look at sort of we do look at that system history and sort of education they don't want us to know that the sort of the english the english english people and the americans sort of exterminate entire sort of countries countries of indigenous people so even aborigines and native american other cultures as well all just for greed and things that which is absolutely terrible but do you think would i mean do you think that do you think do you think education and history should actually teach us the truth or do you think that will never happen well, that, that will never happen. Not in America, it won't, because America is, there's too much pride there and, and they will never, uh, compensate the indigenous people. If, if, if every tribe in America called their debt due and what was, what's owed to them by government, the government would fail. Uh, because there is, there is no money set aside. And that's why we are in the place that we are in. Back to the food, you know, when you, when back in the day, when you ate uh, living food, then the body vibrated at higher frequencies. Because remember, killing a buffalo, we, we were buffalo hunters, uh, different from like, say, the desert tribes that were more on, on corn and, and their diet was different from our diet. Our diet was a lot of meat and, 
a pure adrenaline, and that's why we were a little bit more, I believe that we were a little bit more hostile. Um, but any time a person goes and, and eats living foods, then immediately um, the, the, the negative ions, everything else that, that moves through universe that touches that food that goes into your system mm. actually uh, takes you to a higher vibrating state. Um, there was another thing that you talked about too, uh, but it's, it slipped my mind. Um, um, yeah, we'll just... We'll see if it comes back. Uh, so, so to me, it's you know getting back to um, the original blueprint and um, and looking at emptying the trash and rebooting. You know, I oh, I remember one time when I was growing up, I came home talking about uh, um, Abraham Lincoln discovering America and and and, and uh, not Abraham Lincoln. Um, um, well, there was I was talking about the forefathers. I, I came home one day and and, and I was uh, asking my mother how we were related to Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, and these former presidents of, of the United States. And um, she says, "What are you talking about?" She says, "Well, I said in school, this is what we're taught that these are our forefathers, you know, and and Christopher Columbus discovered America. Well, how are we related to them?" and my mom was like, you know, I, I don't know what the heck they're teaching you, but our people were here long before Christopher Columbus, mm-hmm. you know. And, I mean, that's part of the program that I'm talking about um, in changing the way we, we did things. Um, but that, just that in itself, I mean, you know what, we, we have to live in the world but not be of the world. And, and I refuse to, to go on government assistance or going to a reservation because to me um, that's a dead end road you know uh, yeah. and and to me there's a lot of false promises there um, so I have to go into mainstream and do what I do now I, I ha- I've lost my identity uh, through that process and then I re- get, re- reclaimed it because I had to go back to my innocence or my inner sense go back to the child within to be able to tap into that knowledge again. Uh, that knowledge that was left four generations back, you know, through the wars and everything else that took place. Um, I don't think there's an indigenous tribe out there that has all the all the answers. And, and I mean, we're slowly getting it back because we have the ability to go beyond the veil. You know, um, we don't go to church on Sunday to talk about God. We go to Sundance and ceremony to talk with God, you see, and our ancestors. Oh, wow. So that, that's, the, that's the level, the point zero limits that we have to, to actually use the wind, to use the water, to use whatever we need to use to get from A to B. Oh. That's that's the level that we move on with frequency. I think we all need to get to that level. To be honest, I think we all need to get yeah. the whole because um, um, since I've just mo- moved into my own home, um, outside I started like um, doing my own food. I've started creating my own food in the sense of just basically just chilies and um, mint and some other herbs and tomatoes and just just different um, things. But I'm starting to taste this. Just taste the food that I've grown and. 
I've given um, some food to Dan before, and he, he said it was like the flavour is just unreal compared to like what we could buy in a supermarket because there's no preservatives wow. and it's it's all it's made from love as well when something's created from love it completely changes the balance of things as well and if you just if things aren't just created with love this sounds weary because in the sense of like um but if you're given something like love and connection i mean then that food's going to taste different. I mean, an analogy, um, sorry, analogy, um, a study about when uh, he talked to rice, um, I can't remember his, the Japanese yeah, scientist, mean, yeah. we talked to rice and, um, the rice had water. a different. It was water, wasn't it? Was it, was it water? There was a yeah, rice study yeah, there, was, as well. there was a few, I think there was a few studies. I know there was a, a guy who, there was, there was a study, I can't remember what he was called, a Japanese guy, but it was a study that I've talked about this before on the podcast, I'm not Chris, mm-hmm. but he says, um, he, he that one that you're referring to he, he talked to water and the, the water crystals like po- he talked to the water crystal positively negatively and just because of his sort of certain actions the water crystals changed varied on how he sort of his emotions were directed at the water crystals but there is a there is a study on rice as well yeah yeah there was um... okay, okay well, well let's let's look at this if if we have a child that's 70 80% water and we tell that child it's stupid you know what happens to the crystals within that child? It signs the contract and becomes. Yeah, yeah. That's why people don't really understand um, the power of word, you know, of vibration, mm-hmm. and and really ponder the words that that come off their tongue. Because to me, uh, love is the only creative energy on this planet. It's the only creative energy. But today. Uh, we, we give allegiance to, to our own craftiness, um, and what we build and what we do. And we take on <clears throat> the role of <clears throat> the creator, mm. you know, instead of looking at, you know, like a builder that builds a home, he won't, he doesn't really take the time to say, well, if it wasn't for the tree, I wouldn't have the home. It's more of, it's my engineer and my, and my, art of building that created this um but to us we we have to take everything back to its genetic um line like everything that we work with has a genetic makeup that was created spiritually before it became matter okay it's like it's like the eagle and the whistles and everything that we use that has to do with the eagle is sacred, and we know that goes all the way back to creation. No different from the rocks in the sweat lodge. The rocks uh, came in a sacred way, and they come to us to teach us the creation story once we take them to that um, volcanic volcanic level of, of heat again. It's like a resurrection. It's like uh, bringing them back to life. You know what I mean? And so when you put love in, in, in your garden, in your earth, and you bless the ground before you put your seed in, our people used to put the seeds in their mouth and connect, let the seed connect with their, with their DNA and then put them in the ground. And the, and the, the actual plant would go out and source out all the minerals and stuff that you needed that you were lacking within your saliva. Mm. Yeah, I, I love that. 
that takes it to a whole other level. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, 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 you know, will science prove it? I don't know. Am I a lunatic? Some people say, yeah. But, you know, the reality is, is, um, I do everything on, 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 on really that level because to me, there's a genetic order and it's spirit before physical. Every seed is encoded and knows what it is. You see, but how many seeds really, really get to that place of potential to become the great mustards, the mustard tree or, or an apple tree or an oak tree? How many seeds really get to that place of development to become just like its father? Yeah. You know, I, I, lo I love that. Honestly. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, to me, when you take a seed and put it in the earth, the seed represents the man, and and the soil represents the woman. This, the, this, you make a hole in the ground and you put the seed in the hole. No different from creation when a male and female come together. You see, and that seed stays in the womb of the woman until. You know, that, that spark of life takes place and the roots is, the roots begin to grow and that child begins to, to, to take in everything it needs to go through its, its proper formation. And then when it comes out of the, the water world and, and out of the actual birth canal, it's no different from the seed breaking through the earth and coming up and reaching for the sun. But when you when you look at the four stakes that that sapling needs to to sustain it because of the winds of adversity that come in, it'll snap it because its core is not developed. Meaning our core, like a child, when the child does not have core values, then that child becomes weak. And so you need the four stakes, which is the spiritual, emotional, physical and mental well-being, and that's what supports the sapling, no different from the young child into young adulthood, uh, and going through those four four cycles um, from adolescence to, to young adult, adult and aged. Um, and so these are things that need to be taught um, to society, I think. They need to go back into the education systems and, and, and let's, let's get it right. Or we're just going to become laptop junkies uh, running around. I mean, I, I go out in general public and people, everybody's on, the knife, on an iPhone. Nobody's, nobody's even giving eye connection. They're giving their eye connection to their iPhone. You know, and it's like walking down the street running into a pole. Because they're not paying attention to where they're going. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, I, lo I love. I, I love them points by the wheeler quarter. And I was actually going to say as well. Um, when you were saying before, I think you're completely right because I think sometimes in life we can't always wait for sort of science to validate everything. I mean, if you look around the world, normally it's normally the the things that come from deep within, like the imagination first, then science later on comes in and sort of validate validates. And I think if we all, we always just wait around for science, nothing. And in many cases, it takes too long for something to even happen anyway. So I think a lot of times the deeper truths come from with you actually looking within yourself and actually just like tapping into that spirit or whatever you want to call it but before as well when you were talking about um projection of emotions as well 
And you were talking about how sometimes in life it, we, we need to be careful of how we project our emotions on other people. So let's say if we're speaking negatively and you say something to someone, right. how that can affect their, like sort of their inner emotions. To a certain degree, I actually thought about that and I was thinking about how to a sense we also have this inner dialogue that's going on within ourselves. So we can, we've got to be careful of our own inner dialogue because constantly, I mean, you said this before, Chris, about how many thoughts is it? 70,000 thoughts per minute or something like that? Um, per day. Per day, sorry, per day. 70,000 well, thoughts per day. And, um, it's very interesting because we, if we've got this constant inner, inner dialogue going on within ourselves all the time and we're constantly having this ne- negative chatter, which I know I do as well. And it's a constant sort of balance between them two wolves. Um, I think we need to sort of understand that sort of dilemma, the, the battle that we have with our own sort of inner dialogue as well. And just as well, Chris wanted something to say on that as well. Well, I was just going to jump in as well, Dan, and just say, like, the negative chatter as well that will go through our minds. I mean, Lakota, you touched on this before, but everything is in, in life is teaching us. Yeah, yeah. So just as well, like, the negative chatter is just like the yin and the yang. We need to use yeah. the negative chatter to learn and to teach us. To te- it could That negative chatter could teach us something about our psyche that we need to address or we need to learn. So everything what? is got a potential. I've got potential if right, you want to right, identify right. it. It's, it's, it's evenly yoked. You know, you need the light to know the dark. You need the dark to know the light. You know, you know, this is the way I see it. Whatever I perceive, whatever I perceive, I conceive. And whatever I conceive, I believe. And whatever I believe, I receive. Now, when I take a thought into my, into my, um, my solar plexus or my stomach and I, and, and I'm, I'm playing with it and giving life to it, breathing it into existence. And then it lives in my heart. And that perception, conception, what I perceive, I conceive, what I conceive, I believe. When it, when it falls into my heart and I begin to believe it, that's when I push it out of my mouth and I receive it, positive or negative. So to me, it's about perception. You need the light of awareness to understand where these thoughts are coming from and which ones you want to pick and plant and and put in this fertile ground of imagination, you see. And so to me, you know, if you take a thought and you bring that into your mind, I usually examine it and play it completely out. And if you play it out, You'll, you'll end up looking at the end result and saying, well, you know what, man, I'm going to chuck this seed by the wayside because it's not going to serve me. But I'm going to take this positive light and love that comes with this other seed, and I'm going to take that into the conception uh, phase of my life, and then I'm going to believe it. I'm going to believe that I'm pure love and a child of, of universe. I'm connected to the one song, the universe. I'm connected to everything that breathes. And so, therefore, I'm going to exchange evenly, evenly yoked with my fellow man and my fellow woman and be honest in all my dealings and everything that I do. Because, like, to us, Lakota doesn't mean a tribe. It means a way of life. Okay? And if if we can get back to the Lakota way, that way of life. You know, in our culture, it was worse to tell a lie than to kill another human being because you're killing yourself wow. by telling the lie. That's where the division comes from within you. And a house that's divided will never stand. 
That's where your tongue divides. That's where people speak with a forked tongue because their heart is feeling one thing and their breath is saying contrary. You see? Yeah. And and that's where the forked tongue comes in. And once your tongue is forked, let me tell you something. You live under the tree of duality. You play with dark and light constantly because your eye is not single to the glory of love and creation. We're not talking about eyes, these eyes that move on this linear line. I'm talking about the eye that sits in the middle of your forehead. Yeah, definitely. Pow- yeah, pow- powerful point again, that brother. And um, something else I want to touch on with you, touch on and go a bit deeper on as well, is, and say your thoughts on is So we know that the Native Americans uh, were in tune with the natural law, and in another big area as well, that's fascinating me, and obviously fascinated the Native Americans as well. And they were in tune with was the spiritual side of life, and that, and the, and they had this deeper understanding about spirituality. I mean, do you think is there actually? I mean, this is probably. I'm not even sure if you can you can go into this, but um, do you? Is there any actual still any sort of secrets uh, taught taught a generation after generation of the Native Americans around the world about the universe and life and everything, and maybe that in the past wouldn't be told over nationalities i mean you probably can't even go into them but is is there any that you can speak on now you say secrets and we don't we don't really carry secrets um to us um you know if if a person stays long long enough and sits around the fire long enough um they they will learn the um the systems and and how we work it's beautiful you know um Fire has frequency, you know. Uh, when when I used to do fire circles and, and teaching people to study the fire and look at the color of it and how it changes when people get angry within the circle because of um, things that were that we were dealing with at that time. Like when I when I ran a youth program, we used to get around the fire and and, and that was once a week that we would come on a Sunday night and actually end our week with uh, different grievances that took place that we had to bring to the fire and teaching the young people as they held, held the eagle feather in their hand. No one else could speak but the one that had the feather in their hand. You couldn't interject at all on your behalf until that feather came to you and then you had the right to speak. But the reality to it is, is, when, a, when a, a young adult was talking about somebody on the other side of the fire, you can literally see the fire change color because of the anger that was going across that board. And when the, the feather would, would, would get to the other uh, young adult that needed to um, basically share his version of it or her version of it, the fire would come back to its normal state and things were made right in that circle and at that fire. So with us, um, yeah, it's, it's a journey. I, you know what I'd love, I'd love to just do podcasts like this and share this knowledge with people all over the world if I could, you know, um, but I'm not really, um, digitally switched on. I would say I, that world's a little different for me. I think I'm still living in the smoke signals, <laughs> but uh, <Still> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, it's yeah. If I could take a, a you know and, and actually teach people um, 
and do workshops and different things like that uh, would be nice. And, I, and we're working on it. We're working yeah, on it. Yeah, definitely. And I was going to say as well that this is definitely one big smoke signal because you don't actually realize how many people actually listen to podcasts. I mean, you'll probably, get a, you'll probably be surprised how many people actually you can reach. I mean, even this conversation that we're having now, this could be people don't actually realize that it's reaching a football stadium. And then, then that football stadium could tell their friends and things like that. So yeah. I think eventually reaching countries. I think that's that's the that's the the posit- I mean, there is a lot of negatives with technology and things like that, but there's also a lot of positives that that yeah. a guy yeah, like you, who, think, a guy like yeah, you who yeah. said, like you said, is not really. He said you're just using smoke smoke signals, but technology is providing sort of maybe providing bigger smoke signals at the minute. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the quarter, actually, something I wrote down before, and I want to touch back on it, is um, you actually went through um, a very interesting process yourself in your own story. I mean, like, when you said to yourself that um, you kind of had, like, a very similar experience to, like, what the whole Native American culture has in itself, is because you lost your um, current identity, but then yeah. you start finding it again. I mean, that's what I was wanting to ask you. Do you think Native American culture can find itself again and really reach out in the homeland of America again? Well, you know what? I think uh, to me, or I should say I know, that you have to be broke before you can be fixed. And um, to me, I, I, I've been through many layers of transformation. And it seems like the more broke I am, the closer I get to my to my creator and and my true identity. Um, you know, but when there's when there's substance abuse involved and when there's shame and oh, I was going to go into this trapped emotion. You you said something earlier about um, driving down the city and, and you became very emotional. Um, and normally when we go through traumatic events and things that happen within our, our genetic makeup, it, it creates trapped emotions. And with those trapped emotions uh, comes dams. We build dams where the energy doesn't flow. The water doesn't flow. So therefore, the tears don't flow. Uh so once we begin to break down those walls and those dams, then we become human beings that, that move that water and energy through us. And that's how we begin to feel and, and do the things that we do to experience getting closer to the unseen world. Um, but trapped emotion, uh, events, different things like that, they store and live within the body. Um, within the systems of the body and it's important to understand how that works like from the root to the sex gland the adrenals the spleen the solar plexus liver heart lung throat uh, pituitary pineal crown and your energetic field um, there's there's things that, that come into our world like anger and lives in our liver you know and 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 if we don't really take a look at our state of being and look at what created that, then, then we end up checking out early and dying early or, or, or becoming, you know, dive into a bottle of alcohol because you're, you don't know how to deal with anger. Um, so, I mean, these are all things to look at. I think self-evaluation is huge 
in finding oneself and connecting on that line because trapped emotion creates an acidic environment. And if you look at the cell of the body, the nucleus is always under fire by free radicals. That's no different from negative free radicals floating around your world trying to get in to destroy your original blueprint. Your original blueprint lives within the nucleus of the cell. That's your true identity that's constantly under fire. Wow. Yeah, I, I love that quote by the way, and, and when you, I love the point that you said, you, they said the, you said the closer you are to broke, the more you find out who you are, and it's that resonated with me because it seemed in, in in my life at the minute I'm going through a process where I'm trying to look at I'm trying to analyze my life and simplify, see how much I can simplify every area that I do. And it seems to be the more that I strip away all these different layers that have been put on us. I mean, because if we look at sort of Western culture to a certain degree, I mean, through my life, it sort of seems to be that. And still now that Western culture, it's, it's sort of pa- trying to pack on more and more layers to to you externally and internally to try and sort of weigh you down. And I think as well, when when you allow that to sort of become a virus in your mind and, and sort of weigh you down too much, I don't think you can really tap into these deeper levels of what we've been talking about on this podcast. But I, I just, I wanted to say that point because I just love that anyway. But just mm-hmm. to sort of, just to sort of change it up as well and a different question I had in my mind that I want to ask you. I mean, this is a question that's a bit out there, but I mean, our listeners sort of love this type of stuff and it's something that I'm fascinated by and Chris is fascinated by as well. But when you were actually growing up, I mean, because a lot of Native Americans speak about how in the past, there's a lot of sort of ancient sort of drones and things like that with meetings of sort of maybe beings from other worlds and things like that. I mean, was there any sort of tales or or do you know any knowledge of maybe sort of alien sort of visit and sort of your people of the past and things like that? Because that's a very fascinating area, I find. Mm. Well, you know what? We're all aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love come, that. Yeah. <laughs> we come from the spirit world. Um, to me, I have aliens visit me all the time, and they're my ancestors mm-hmm. that are on the other side. I love you that. know, so, so to me, whether an ancestor comes in a, a cloak and, you know, um, you know, some might, you know, back, Two, three, five hundred thousand years ago, where, where people would write on sketch on rocks and stuff, that you know they couldn't really get into definition. Um, try writing, writing on a rock with a rock that's a little bit more dense, you know. Uh, so, you know, I like I say, I I know that that there is life after death out there, or should I say, death after life out there, Yum. And it's and it's all around us. It's it's just getting to that place of seeing the unseen and and knowing that you are limitless and knowing that you are eternal, immortal, that you will be joining them on the other side. That's the key because you know what most people get lost in trying to figure out uh, UFOs and all these different theories and and. Uh, conspiracies and, and, and we get so stuck in that that, you know, to me, it's a real simple question is why do you do what you do? Who are you? Where do you come from? Yeah. What are your talents? What are your likes, dislikes? You know, um, you know, are you, are you, do you love yourself? Uh, do you love your family? Uh, do you love the earth? I mean, real simple questions that take people back to, 
their original self. Yeah. They because if they, can't answer, if they can't answer those simple questions, how in the heck are they going to be able to answer the more complex questions? You it's, see? Exactly, brother. I mean, like, they were the questions that never get asked as well, are there? I mean, uh, instead of saying, like, instead of starting to ask yourself, who are you and what is your purpose and how do you feel about existence? What is life like after death? I mean, instead of being, like, in them moments, like, that's what I think boredom is. I think boredom can be them moments where you can really just analyze your life. I mean, boredom to me is, is a moment, a moment of isolation where you can just ask yourself, like the deepest meanings, meaningful questions. I mean, I've like when I take away all my technology and I just go for a walk with myself or with the dog, I'm at peace and I can find I can ask them questions when I'm at peace. But a lot of people, when they're like quote unquote bored, sitting in the room doing nothing, that to them can be their moment where they can just ask themselves a question, take away any devices where they can get distracted from, and just ask those questions that matter because that's what's really going to happen. Well, you know, there's an old saying, and it says, Be still and know that I am in everything. You see? Beautiful. Be still and know that I am, meaning that I am the creator. Be still. Definitely. And if you can, and if you can be still enough, you can actually feel and even get to where you can see the ancestors and creation come right in front of you. You can see it in the wind. You can see it in the ant. You can see it in the slug. You can see it in the water. You know, when you start looking at the elementals that we are, we are made up of these of this cell and matter. And I'll tell you something. Matter comes from the word mate, which is a Latin word for mother. Okay? So when you look at... Mater, mother, that we are, and look at the virtue that we are, and look at the integrity of the tree that grows vertically, that does not bend, that reaches for the sun and a higher level of intelligence. If we could be like the tree and really be connected to the mater, the female side, then I'll guarantee you the windows of heaven do open. And that's when your ancestors and all the knowledge comes back. Well, and right so now we're, we're sitting at that time where these youngsters need to be taught that. Yeah, and, and people today. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's stuff like this podcast that's gonna um, that's gonna actually teach and and invite these new waves of thinking as well. And um, he's actually something I want to want to ask you as well, Lakota. And it's and it's actually going to be a very thought thought-provoking question for yourself um what do you think the native american tribes would be like today if they were totally undisturbed from the new world if they were if, if they were to do what oh if they were undisturbed by the new world oh what would they be like yeah i would say i would say um there'd be a population boom but not to this extent. There, there would be enough land, you know, in indigenous in our indigenous world to not overgraze because that was a big part of indigenous culture and lifestyle is to have child every seven years. Mm-hmm. Because within seven years, a child develops 
the pecking order um, becomes very established. Um, most families, uh, you know, only had, you know, four, four children, five children. Um, in tribal communities, men had more than one wife at times. Um, so, yeah, I think to me, uh, we would probably be more at peace within ourselves than, you know, the alcohol and, and the methamphetamines that's on reservations and the sexual abuse that came with, um, you know, boarding schools and, and all of that, that, yeah, I don't even know what they were thinking, you know, um, you know, with this new religion and trying to create a generation of sodomites, you know, uh, it's just, yeah, it's just a pretty messy thing, you know, and I really believe that we have to get back to the, the forgiveness part to really create, um, restoration within any indigenous community is, um, really, really getting past the hurt and, and moving that energy out of that cell memory. You see, because that energy still lives within our people. And, and it's very hard to, to love the white man, especially after you can see where, um, where it all went south, uh, with those systems. Now, for me, I love all colors. Uh, to me, I, I can't, you know, dwell in, in, hate and, and something that's dark I have to to continue to evolve and be more uh, connected to the unseen and if you strip our colors you know we're all we're all one color yeah you know our spirit and soul is is all one color mm. you know gold and white you know and so yeah yeah I love that there was actually I was going to say as well, I love that by the way, and there was, um, just to add to that as well, I think there was a great charm, and I can't remember who it was, but uh, I remember a, a quote from a great charm, and he just went, we all bleed the same. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the honest truth. Do you it's, actually... It's yeah. really... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to... Yeah, just go, you go ahead, I'll say, just honestly say what you want to say, I'll, just, I'll jump back in. Just finish your point. Well, it's just really looking at the blood that flows through your veins... You know, is that, is that blood sacred? Has it been contaminated? Is it, is it muddy? Um, and those are the things, you know, a lot of us, there was a, a big thing going on, uh, in the Dakotas, a, a standing rock over the, the water and the dapple and everything else that was going on there. And, uh, you know, we're, we're really concerned about the water outside of us and we should really be looking at the water within us because when we become a pure vessel and and the water is pure and the tears flow and we become the love that we are then all we have to do is ask the spirit world and they will come and do the rest you see it's no different from our people asking the spirit world for the buffalo to come and our ancestors uh, coming and chiming in and delivering that prayer and, and message. It's no different. So I think what we really need to do is really, really focus on our state of being 
and get out of the state of doing because that's all we become are people that live in the state of doing rather than, you know, human beings. We become human doings because all we, all we do is run around and, and follow orders. We become sheeple uh, instead of people. Yeah. So, Brother, honestly, those are pure words of wisdom. And if only everyone could indoctrinate some sort of that philosophy into their own life, this whole world will be a much better place. And me and Dan, you've honestly, you've left me in goosebumps and you've left Dan in tears. <laughs> but, sir, yeah, you've been an absolute pleasure to have on the podcast. And we just like to thank you from the bottom of our hearts from all the wisdom and guidance you've given our listeners through this journey. Thank yeah. you. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. What a fantastic conversation that was with Lakota. He really did give some incredible perspective. And if you want to check out more from Lakota, all the links to his website and social media, etc. are in the show notes at the Ascend podcast website. And if you feel that these conversations do add value in your life, the best way that you can help us out is by supporting the podcast for our Patreon page. And Patreon page really is the best way to support us we live in a time now where you have the the power and the ability as a human being on this planet to put your attention and support in the things that you really want to see more of so if you do want to see more of this podcast and you want to see us take this to the next level we'd really me and chris would really appreciate if you could just help us out by supporting the podcast it would mean the world to us so anyway just as i add a little bonus and just to see this podcast out i'm going to add a little reading from a Native American called Chief Seattle, and it's a letter which a letter and a poem which is about the sacredness of Mother Earth, the rivers, and the environment. It's such an inspirational message with a deep respect for the environment. And not only does this speech illustrate Chief Seattle's poetic aspiration of nature and his deeply spiritual understanding of, of the interconnectedness of all living things, it also emphasizes the ancient wisdom within the Native Americans' cultures, which generally a lot of people think and many view is lost in our highly technical industrial societies of present time so anyway this is such a beautiful little speech just to remind us of who we truly are so anyway we'll catch you next week everyone keep seeking peace the president in washington sends word that he wishes to buy our land but how can you buy or sell the sky the land the idea is strange to us if we do not own the freshness of the air and the sparkle of the water, how can you buy them? Every part of the earth is sacred to my people. Every shining pine needle, every sandy shore, every mist in the dark woods, every meadow, every humming insect, all are holy in the memory and experience of my people. We know the sap which courses through the trees as we know the blood that courses through our veins. We are part of the earth and it is part of us. The perfume flowers are our sisters. The bear, the deer, the great eagle, these are our brothers. The shining water that moves in the streams and rivers is not just water, but the blood of our ancestors. The rivers are our brothers. They quench our thirst. They carry our canoes and feed our children. So you must give the rivers the kindness that you would give any brother. If we sell you our land, remember that the air is precious to us. 
that the air shares its spirit with all the life that it supports. Will you teach your children what we have taught our children, that the earth is our mother, but befalls the earth befalls all the sons of the earth. This we know, the earth does not belong to man. Man belongs to the earth. Man did not weave the web of life, he is merely a strand in it. Whatever he does to the web, he does to himself. To harm the earth is to heap contempt on its creator. Your destiny is a mystery to us. What will happen when the buffalo are all slaughtered, the wild horses tamed? What will happen when the secret corners of the forest are heavy with the scent of many men and the view of the ripe hills is flooded with talking wires? Where will the thicket be? Gone. Where will the eagle be? Gone. And what is to say goodbye to the swift pony and then hunt? The end of living and the beginning of survival.